Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today, my guest is Eric Salmon, a commercial dive medic with three years in the trade. Eric, tell us how you got started. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on here. Um, well, the way I got started, I was, I was in the military, I was in the Army, and I was looking at getting off of active duty and transitioning into civilian life. So uh, I had a family at the time and I didn't have time to sit in a, like a four year university, that kind of thing. I had to make some money fairly quickly, you know? So I started looking through the VA uh, career book and, and checking things out. And I came across a commercial dive school that happened to be in a location where I'd actually grown up out here in California. And I'd never dove before. Uh, I'd actually, a buddy of mine when we were stationed in Germany had gone through uh, scuba diving. And I went with him a couple of times to just go check out his class. It seemed kind of interesting, and, you know? And so when I looked at that, and I, it, it was like 50 week course. And I was like, okay, that is going to be something that I could, you know, get in and get out. It, coming from the military, you get, you know, X amount of months for unemployment. So I had it all planned out and, uh, so yeah, I, I went through uh, their program. Um, I had to get scuba uh, certified prior to uh, getting to the open water tanks. So we had so many weeks of classroom time and getting the academics. And then we had the hands-on where we start getting used to the equipment, start learning how to use the equipment, how to you know be safe underwater, uh, do things in the tank that I just never thought I would you know do. Um, one one thing that just really like nailed it for me like i knew this was what i wanted to do um we do this exercise where two divers get in the water one diver is completely equipped out with helmet and everything all the way down and the other diver just gets in with a wetsuit and you go down into this tank that's probably about 23 foot of, of, of water and you exchange out the equipment from one diver to the other and so even though there seems like there's only air source in the helmet, there's actually this other hose that's called a pneumophotometer that they shoot air down. And when the water pressure pushes back up on, on that air, it sends it to a dial that says, okay, this is much pressure. So it's this much depth. And you can actually turn that on. And they taught us how to breathe underwater on just bubbles. And that was the coolest thing I'd ever done. And uh, so I exchanged out that equipment, got out, we we're like, yeah, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> so, wow. That's yeah. funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I got, I mean, not not remotely near the level, obviously, that you were at there, but I, I did get Patty cer certified at one point okay. and, uh, and did get the idea of what it's like to sip on the bubbles just right. to get some oxygen. Right. Um, but what you did was a whole different level. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, you're going down there and, and it, you know, it's, you're under some depth, even in those tanks, it's not just you're, you, you don't want, and you don't want to hold your breath going up as you know, uh, cause you don't want to want to get uh, injured. But yeah, that was, that was one of the coolest things I'd done. And that kind of solidified it for me, you know, up until that point, I was still kind of, I wonder if I'm going to do any good at this. I wonder if this is something I'm going to enjoy, you know? And, and so I, and I went through the scuba diving certification and that, um, that gave me some idea and uh, there was some stuff that translated over, but it just kind of gets you in that frame of mind of, 
of what it's like to brew in a water and so on and so forth. And, and so it, yeah, that was, that was a cool experience. It was a great year <laughs> that I had at dive school. Yeah, no doubt. How, how deep are you talking at this point? Uh, well, that was just in the um, uh, tank. They have these uh, tanks outside uh, of a couple buildings and they filled up with water. Matter of fact, it was interesting as a school I went to, they actually filmed um, a, a movie there. I'm trying to remember the name of it where oh, the guy um, was breathing uh, pure oxygen, <laughs> you know, the, the liquid oxygen. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. I'm sorry. The Abyss. Was it The Abyss? The, yeah, yeah, The Abyss. So they filmed that right. in that tank. It was interesting. Um, so it's not that big of a tank, but it's big enough for, you know, you're down at least, you know, 20 feet. And, and so you're going, okay, that's, uh, <laughs> it's like, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, that's incredibly cool. Wow. And yeah, I remember the abyss. So yeah, that's, that's neat. So where did you, uh, where'd you go for there? So, so you, you, you got through that 50 week period, right? You get certified. Uh, what, what kind of category are you in at that point? What are you considered? So at that point, you're, you're just, uh, you're, you, if you were going into industry, they wouldn't even classify you as a diver. Um, and this is where it kind of gets a little tough for some people, um, because it is a trade you, you do have to kind of earn your stripes, so to speak. You, you got to go in and, and show that you've got the work ethic and, and you may not be treated, you know, very nicely at, at times. And, and so it can be a little rough for somebody. So if you don't have a thick skin, it's probably not something that you're, you're going to want to, you know, get into because it's, they really, really, because they want to know that if you're going down to depth, they can't supervise you. They got to know that you're going to down there and you're going to get to work and you're going to do your job, you know? And so they really push you and see what your work ethic is and see what your mindset, because you got to really have a, a good mindset. You have to have a be in great physical shape. Um, when I went to school, I was probably one of the older people there. I was, I was only 24, but most of these guys are coming out of high school you know, and I'd already spent, you know, almost six years in the military. And so I was in good shape because uh, I was in combat arms. Um, but it it's a different world when you get into to diving all, all together. So a lot of the jobs are in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. And so you have to travel down there and you have to go knocking on doors and, and and hopefully someone gives you gives you a chance and then and sometimes you might bunk there as well they might have a yard there where you can bunk there because uh, a lot of guys coming in from out of state you know they're they're not staying in hotels and stuff and they might hire like 10 guys knowing that 10 guys aren't going to stay on and they might give them front work to you know weed whack a yard that's concrete you know for like two three weeks and you know Sometimes guys just don't have that that well for, uh, uh, where for all to to stick to it and go. Okay, I'm paying my dues. I'm showing them that they can give me anything, and I I don't care. I'm just going to do it. You know. Then at some so point we're going to say, grab your bags. You're going offshore. Okay. And that's when the real work starts. <laughs> Okay. So your, your military background probably, I, I assume helped you as far as like the stick to it is right. Right. Like I, can right. Pu I can push through this. 
Right. Now, that's the typical route, and I didn't do the typical route. Okay. I actually went inland diving. I found some inland, uh, an inland company in Illinois, and uh, it took me a few weeks to get in because they didn't, they, they, it's like construction. You know, it's job to job, and, and when they need people, then they'll, they'll reach out. So I was able to, to get on with them after a couple of weeks. And one of the great things about that first experience is I went down to, uh, the company was in Illinois. We went down to Missouri and we were working on a, a, a casino barge complex and the Missouri River had flooded and they built this casino bridge barge complex over a natural sandbar. And they dug all that out, you know, to build this complex, but when it flooded, that all kind of suited back up with all the sand and stuff and, and logs and debris. And the Coast Guard still regulates even in inland waters. And had the complex actually settled down on top of that, they would have had to pull the complex out for in, you know inspection of integrity. So they didn't want to do that. Uh, they were making a million dollars a day. They don't want to pull that out and lose money, right? So you're gonna in some divers and so literally they went from uh where you could kind of stick your hand right there at the top of the barge and the bottom of the sand you could like stick your hand and feel both uh, down to about 27 foot of water and the way they did that is you had this like four inch hose that had a screen on it to keep debris out of and basically you're just sucking the sand out and shipping it back out into the into the main uh uh area of the river where they would then dredge it out and move it so it doesn't become a, a hazard in, the, in that in that water. We were on that job for, I want to say just over three months. And because I hadn't dove yet, uh, no experience diving, I was just what we call choking hose. You're a tender. Um, and I did that for like, you know, three weeks. And then they finally said, okay, why don't you, let's see what, we see your work ethic. Let's see what you do underwater. Offshore, that typically takes two to four years. Okay. So that was one lucky break I, I had. And so I did that um, and my dive time. And so when you're, when you're doing commercial diving, you're paid in different tiers. So you have, you, you're paid a rate for your deck work. So topside work, and then you're paid like a depth pay. And then you're paid Danger pay on top of that if you can't reach the surface directly. Okay, interesting. So even though, yeah, it's dangerous, you think you get danger pay. No, it's if you're in more extreme danger, <laughs> so to speak, right? So, um, and that's how that works. And so you may make, at, at the time, and this was in the late 90s when I was, when I was in the industry, I was doing about $15 an hour, which was really good money back then. Sure. Um, yeah. I, re I remember. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and you're working, we were working 12 hour days, seven days a week. So anything over eight, you know, is time and a half. And then on Sundays, everything was double time. <laughs> yeah. So I was clearing on that job, probably about 2000 a, a week on that right. job. And I made enough money to pay off my student loan on that job. Excellent. So, and commercial dive school at the time for me was about 15 grand. So, okay. And now, now I, do you I know what the pay, rates may be? What's that? 
I was going to ask if you know what the rates may be. Correct. Yeah, it depends on the school. So you can go to like a tender school where you learn just to choke hose for like eight weeks. Um, you might spend about eight grand on that. Or you can go to a, a longer length school, you know, 16 weeks to, to a year. Um, and you're going to spend, you know, maybe about twenty five to 30000 on that school. Um, okay. But if you think about college... That's what a semester, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. of of pay. So, you know, big difference. When oh, you for come, sure. yeah, when you come out, you're not going to make a lot of money, but you're going to work your way up, and you're going to start making more money as 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 you as you move up and get, gain more skills. And it's it's on you if you want to learn those skills. I got a premium because I was medically trained. Um, okay. So I got a little bit extra money. Some guys went into uh, inspection uh, diving or they went into welding. Um, so there was diff three different specialties at our school. Okay. Um, so specifically that helped you out. Now, did you get that medic training in school or did you get that in the military beforehand? So obviously I had some medical training when I was uh, from active duty because uh, I was in combat arms. And that's how I thought, okay, you know, I enjoyed doing it in the military. I'll probably enjoy doing, you know, that kind of thing in, in civilian life. And so the course I went through was a, it was a basic EMT course that I got certified as, a, as an EMT. Uh, and, and then they had what they called the advanced dive medicine course, where you, you learned advanced things such as suturing and, uh, uh where you're learning how to, to run the uh, hyperbaric chamber and things like that. Um, there's things you can do as a commercial diver medic offshore under doctor's orders that you could never do as a basic EMT. You know, you're almost like a paramedic when you're out offshore where basic EMT, you know, you would have to go through an additional six months of, of training. And a large part of that is pharmaceutical training as well. So, um, but yeah, and matter of fact, when I was going through dive school, once my uh, my um, unemployment ran out, I was able to go and get a job as an EMT while I was going to school. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, so you you have the the medic aspect thrown in there, which is giving you a little bit more pay and and obviously more responsibilities. Um, how often did you have to use that? Because at first, like you said, you were pulling hose. Is that correct? Yeah, choking hose. <laughs> Choking hose, excuse yeah. me. That's no, okay. <laughs> uh, and um, then from then on, after after uh, choking hose, then the, the next responsibility that you ended up with was was what? So then they they allowed me to go under uh, to to actually do diving and and go under there and start uh, uh, sucking that sand out. And they monitor how you're working by how much uh, stuff's coming out the other end because it, it's it's shooting up into the air so they can see what debris is coming out. So if the water's clear, they know you're not working, <laughs> you know. Uh, so they're like, hey, it's getting a little light. You're like, well, I'm just adjusting something or whatever, you know. And keep in mind, this is black water diving. You can't see anything. Right. You know, everything you're working with, you first kind of visualize when you're up topside and you kind of get used to what the what the tools feel like. And you have a tool bag and everything else and everything's tethered to you in case you drop anything. And then, you know, it's you got to kind of feel your way to where the mound is. And then you can't really stick the hose right in it because you don't want to clog the hose. So you kind of have to 
start bringing in, you know, as you're just pulling it in to toward the hose. And you got to make sure that you don't get your hand stuck to that hose either, because then, you know, you get, <laughs> so, which For is a big reason. danger in diving is what they, um, trying to remember the name for it. It's when two fluids uh, of water have different uh, um, pressures. And so what happens is, you know, you're going from, from a lesser pressure to a higher pressure is you're going to get sucked in. So that's another danger for divers. Uh, and uh, not just getting stuck, getting your umbilical cord stuck or anything. Uh, it's, you know, getting sucked into things. So, it wow. again, it it takes a, a another kind of person sometimes to to do this stuff. And um, okay, so you stayed in the field uh, doing that type of work for three years, correct? Right, right. So I did that for about three years. I did help some of the inspectors, inspect techs uh, on some of their jobs, and learn some of the non-destructive testing uh, stuff that they were they were doing. And what happened was I had an opportunity to go work for a uh, aerospace subcontractor because I had some knowledge of uh, non-destructive testing. And then, so I went and did that. And as I did that, I decided I wanted to get certified in, in some of those disciplines because you have things that's called like a liquid penetrant, where it's a dye that can put on, a, on, on metal to see if there's a crack in a weld type of thing. Um, cause you do that for, for welding and that's why you do it in, in, uh, diving. Um, and then you do things like, uh, ultrasonic testing where you can check inside. If it's not a surface crack, it might be an inclusion inside. And then you have what's called eddy current, which a lot of times aerospace uses that to look for minute cracks underneath rivets. Um, so I found that there was a course at my local community college that I could take for a couple hundred dollars where these wow. guys that went through the inspect course actually paid a lot more money for that, <laughs> you know? So again, I got, I got lucky and I went to, I did that. And because I got certified, I, I had another opportunity to go work for an inspection company um, doing uh, just non-destructive testing. And a lot of times that was in, in different like uh, um, oil refineries and things like that. So, and what's interesting about that is you have level one, two, and three uh, inspect certification levels. You start out as a level one or level two. You might get certified to level one or two, but you're only working as a level one because you have to do so many hours and then you have to take tests and, and so on and so forth. But those guys, when you become like a level three uh, tech, you're making six figures. Okay. You know, and so... You can do that in the commercial dive industry if you work your way into doing uh, what's called saturation diving, um, or there's other routes. Like I said, it's it it really opened up a lot of doors for me once once I started realizing all the different types of trades that are connected to just the commercial diving. Okay, so that's interesting. So so your your base that you had built with the commercial diving just had so many different facets that you were able to utilize those in, in different right. manners and, and to do so many different things. Right. Okay, so then lead us to where you moved from that from that point where you were just at. From the from working for the inspection company? Yes. Um well from there I kind of went into the entrepreneur route. <laughs> 
<laughs> started a okay. repair business and, and, and did that, uh, wound up in the incorporation industry where I learned about business credit and finance and I was teaching that. So it kind of, okay. I went like way far away from the industry from there, but you know, the things I learned, the disciplines I learned from the trade just translated into all that kind of stuff. Um, cool. so I've, I've had a pretty good life with career and with, with finances and things, just because I went through that commercial dive school, you know, it's, it was, it actually did change my life. So. Awesome. Yeah. So this is incredibly fascinating because something we haven't spoken about before. So tell me a little bit about any pros and cons that, that you would like to mention specifically. So the pros are if you're someone that wants something different every day, you're looking to be challenged. You don't want to be bored. Um, it's, it's going to challenge you every single day. Um, you have to be in good shape. Uh, you have to want to do it. Uh, even when there's days that you don't feel like doing it. I mean, you, it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot like being in the military in, in some aspects where you actually have to feel the pain and do it anyway, kind of thing. Um, so if you're of that mindset and, and danger doesn't, or I shouldn't say danger necessarily risk, you know, if, if you're risk adverse or you're, or you're less inclined to have things hold you back because of risk, you're, you'll probably do well in this industry. Um, you, you also have to think, you have to really think things through and not just react because you have to understand that if you're turning a knob and it's an, something to do with the air system, you want to know what you're turning on or off because that could be someone's life support that you're turning on and off, you know? Sure. So losing your air is, is, is a big deal. Um, I had that happen to me a couple of times, uh, but that was because somebody forgot to fill the generator with the fuel, <laughs> you know? Luckily, I wasn't that deep and I had what's called a bailout bottle, which, you know, if I'm if you're really deep, you're only having a few few breaths of that. But when you're not that deep, you, you can be on a bail. It's like a scuba bottle. So, you know, you can be underwater since you're certified. You can be underwater for 30, 40 minutes, depending on how deep you are. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but I was pretty pissed. When I got the water. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you doing in there? Um, but things like that, you just have to really understand what you're doing and, and pay attention to what you're doing. And, and um, because in this industry, mistakes can kill people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine uh, it, it sounds like an incredibly dangerous. Uh, yeah. the, I, what's the camaraderie like amongst people? Because I, I imagine it's sort of like the military. You are relying on each other for your lives. Right. Right. And, and that's a lot of reason why there's kind of a little bit of a hazing at first, you know, because they want to weed people out. They really don't want people there that don't want to be there. And if they're going to be messing around or if they're going to not think things through, if they can't handle stress. Um, they want them out. You know, yeah. but once you kind of get in, you're in, you know, and, 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 and like the military, you, there's a lot of good camaraderie, you know, and then, then there could be some love hate relationships as well. I had one guy, um, his dive school was four months and mine was 50 weeks. And so he kept asking me, well, what did you learn that I didn't learn? You know, and he was always giving me crap about how long I went to school for, where he just went to school for four months. You know, why what, was I any better than him? You know, uh -huh. 
kind of thing. And so you're going to deal with that kind of stuff, you know, typical, yeah. typical stuff that you're going to deal with. But, you know, my rigging class was two weeks where his is maybe one day or a couple hours. <laughs> so for me, I figured the longer the school, the more skilled I'm going to be when I, or more ready I'm going to be to, to, you know, do the job. So. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I think I would be more comfortable doing something that dangerous with the, the most information possible, for sure. Right. So to answer your question about what the pros are, I mean, you, you can travel the world. Um, you uh, If you become a saturation diver, you're working maybe four or five months of the year. And then oh. you're, yeah, because you're paid at such a high level and you can only dive so much uh doing saturation because you're you might be in a, in a saturation situation for 30 days you know and so you're back when i was diving the pay was around a thousand a day uh i'm not sure what it would be now um but again you're getting paid premium for the the riskiest job you know and so yeah if you're willing to, to go that level, you're, you're going to get paid for that. So there's guys that they, they don't even live near where the company's at. They might live in a ranch in Montana, you know, and then fly down for their job, you know? And so the lifestyle can be very rewarding. Yeah. I suppose that's an advantage for in some, in some ways, if you're willing to accept the risks that are involved yeah. in something that's that dangerous, uh, you can, you can reap some rewards as well. Right. Now, as far as uh, gender goes, do, were you working with any women at the time or or are you aware that that more and more women are becoming involved over time? So when I was going through dive school, we did have a, a lady in our class. Um, she was she came from the Navy. She had some dive experience and went through dive school. She wound up actually being one of the better divers in our class as far as working underwater and doing the projects and stuff. And a lot of the reason that is, is because us as men, we learn to just muscle everything, right? Well, underwater, water is an equalizer, right? You can't muscle things in order because you're just going to push yourself off the project, right? You have to learn uh, leverage. <laughs> and women learn leverage their whole life because they have to do things that they're not quite as strong for. So they've got to learn other ways of, of doing things. And so learning leverage and, and understanding rigging uh, helps a lot in that aspect. So we had a, a female diver in our class and I know there were subsequent uh, female divers. So there are some females in the industry. My, my hyperbaric uh, teacher was female and she, she came, uh, I don't think she was in the Navy. She might've been in the Navy. I don't remember uh, exactly what she did prior. But, you know, we had a female instructor for for hyperbaric chamber. Um, so there, cool. there are females in the industry, probably more now than there was back then. Sure, sure. As it is with with so many trades at this point. Right. Well, that's interesting. Um, who would you think specifically would be best suited for something like this? Other than the obvious, someone who's open to risk, you know. Um. Yeah, it's just if you have a mindset of being adventurous and you like change every day and you like to be challenged and, and uh, uh, new environments and, and stuff like that, if you 
go take a scuba class you love it <laughs> you probably do well you know uh so i i would say yeah now, what would you say were other opportunities if you had continued in the field from where you had been? Obviously, you, you had mentioned uh, underwater welding. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the other options? So <clears throat> I'm, I'm part of the alumni group for our class. And so we get updates of, of who stayed in the industry, who did and what they did. One guy has actually, he he's dove all over the world. And he's sent us uh, videos and pictures when he was doing stuff in the, in the, uh, Antarctic and down Antarctica, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, I think he's working for a company called Oceanarian. That's a, that's a major company uh, down there. Um, and so uh, that's the other thing too, you have to kind of pay attention to as far as the industry is some places are unionized. Some places are here in California, it's unionized. Um, most other places it's not. So there, there, there's some different aspects of that here in the industry, but other than that, I mean, you're, you're really open to what you want to do. So if, say, I wanted to continue with the hyperbaric stuff, uh, I could have went into working in hyperbaric medicine in hospitals, you know, or uh, work at a hyperbaric facility that treated, you know, uh, diving illnesses for uh, scuba divers, you know, things like that. Um, I know some guys started their own uh hall cleaning business where they would just go down to the local uh bay and uh clean the bottoms of boats for people you know oh sure, sure. Yeah, so i so they got a little entrepreneur and they said i don't want to work for somebody else uh, um and they do that kind of stuff there's there's a lot of things you can do uh from from this industry it just really depends on what you want to do oh that's cool yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, so many, so few people really have those skills to be underwater and do that work that there are enough opportunities just go ahead and branch off into. Right, exactly. All right. Well, if if someone out there is listening and they're interested in getting started in this, what would you suggest? How would you suggest that they go about that? Well, I think nowadays uh, Google's your friend. Um, you can start Googling different schools. Uh, you know, back when when I was doing it, there was no Google. <laughs> you know, this was this was pre-internet even. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so um, I just I, I went through the the VA handbook to see who what schools I could get through the VA. Um, but yeah, I would just Google uh, commercial dive school and find out what's closest to you. Start looking at what they're what they're what you're getting um they will try to make it sound like it's better than what it is just because obviously they want to get you in and get you through the school sure. so just know that that will happen um but if if you do your due diligence uh, you can get in the right school what's good for you i know there's a school up in washington state or seattle that's 18 weeks that runs about twenty-seven thousand dollars. There's also uh, a university because some people can do technical diving where you learn commercial diving, but for technical reasons and like underwater archaeology and things like that. Yeah. And so you want to uh, you make sure that you're, you're going into the right, right school for the right reason. Um, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great information. Yeah. Um, as a side note, you and I were talking briefly before the interview, we mentioned AI, artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. and, how it, and how it can affect things. Um, there are always concerns about, you know, with certain trades, is, is it going to affect it? Can you see AI affecting uh, the amount of work that someone could get or the future of your trade? Yeah, I think that AI will enhance uh, certain things. Like we talked about our uh, ROVs, underwater rovers that go down. Um, they're not going to replace a human hand anytime soon. Um, so unless they can have that type of dexterity, they're still only used for inspection and, and certain types of applications. They can go down and, and yeah, they might be able to cap off a well or something like that. But for there's a lot of things that that you still need a human to get their hands on and and, and do because otherwise they would already replace them <laughs> you know uh the i i could see ai maybe taking over controlling those rovs um sure but, and as far as like you know even in an inspection i honestly i don't see that maybe enhancing it right now but not necessarily replacing i think they're a lot further off than a lot of things are i think ai is being talked about a lot but i think some of it's overhyped as well i don't think it's as far along as people believe it um and i'm not being conspiracy or anything i'm just thinking about it rationally you know these these systems were built on language models you know and so they interpret based on what they expect you to say next and so that's where a lot of this intelligence seems like it's coming from um, but they just don't know you know and uh there's there's still a lot of work to do done in ai yeah there's some cool apps right now and and you can do a lot of stuff on the internet and make cool pictures and you know that kind of thing but i i think we're really far off from actually replacing people in a trade like uh construction because basically underwater you know diver is is underwater construction so Sure. Yeah, I, we've addressed that many times. I'm, gl I'm glad you mentioned this and I'm glad we touch base on that because yeah. um, as as certainly everyone I talk to is like, no, 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 that AI is not going to have any any effect on any of these trades at this point. We're not near right. there yet. So these are great opportunities. Right. That's awesome information. Thank you so much, brother. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Feel free to shout out anyone or anything um, you'd like to. Not really. Uh, just because now I'm just I'm medically retired from the military and and because I I was stayed in the National Guard while I was still doing all this stuff and so um, you know I just just raising kids and uh, living my life <laughs> so I'm not really doing anything entrepreneurial wise or or anything other than just more of a hobby stuff so yeah cool well that sounds like a, a pretty good gig you got set up then yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for being here, man. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you. We'll see you next time, folks. Check out jointhetrades.com. <laughs>